Hi, this is Vindi Tija, professional life and divorce coach, TEDx speaker, and author, and you're listening to Cut to the Chase podcast. Stepping out beyond boundaries takes courage and the ability to dream. We are excited to share our new audio podcast called Cut to the Chase. The structure of this podcast embodies open dialogue with friends, family, and professional colleagues talking about things that impact our ability to thrive. We hope that you will join our unscripted, unbridled podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cut to the Chase. Episode 143, entitled, Hack My Way Back to Happiness. And I know my fans, my followers, subscribers, and listeners are going, Hack My Way Back to Happiness. Where is Greg going to carry this story today? Well, peeps, honestly, this came from our featured guests. And I think once I introduce her, you guys get to know her as well as I know her. You will see that this story is very transcending, is very emotional, is very impactful, and it's going to resonate with a lot of us. And I'm going to say this again it's going to resonate with a lot of us that have gone through a divorce. And as we know, statistically, divorces are fairly high. They're probably even much higher now coming out of COVID and dealing with things that otherwise you probably would have never known about your significant other because you've been in a confined space with them for so many months. But I'm going to tell you, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And so before I introduce our featured guests, I found a quote that I think will resonate quite well with the direction I want to carry this conversation today. And the quote goes like this. At some point, you will realize that you have done too much for someone that the only next possible step is to stop. Leave them alone. Walk away. It's not like you're giving up, and it's not like you shouldn't try. It's just that you have drawn the line of determination from desperation. What's truly yours will eventually be yours. And what is not, no matter how hard you try, it will never be. Now, I'm going to let that marinate with a lot of our listeners because we're going to be talking about hacking your way back to happiness. And so today, Our featured guest is a proud, single-parent, TEDx speaker, coach, life coach, divorce coach, and author. She's a graduate of UBC and Western Law School. Following her calling to the bar, she discovered that her coaching passion and career development directed at Western Law School, her expertise in assisting women who have given up their full-time career or businesses to stay at home and raise their children. She helps provide clarity about what life looks like now 
instilling confidence in changing roles and changing their lives, as well as securing in knowing that it's all going to be okay. Her pivotal experience in life has catapulted her on a quest for answers to find her happiness. Accumulation in her books, YOLO or YELLOW, Essential Life Hacks for Happiness, and the upcoming journal book followed up YOLO 52 Weeks of Happiness Hacks. In YOLO Essential Life Hacks for Happiness, she authenticates, shares practices and meaningful tips on communication and self-reflection and how to help others. Also, results in helping yourself. She's fearlessly digs deep into the complexity of the human and how critical it is to have a degree of honesty with yourself to find, protect, maintain, and share your happiness. Now, I've surely said a lot about our featured guests, but she is definitely no stranger to hacking her life back to happiness. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce Miss Vindy Tija. How are you doing today? Hi, Greg. Uh, thank you for that fabulous introduction. And thank you so much for having me on your pod- podcast. I'm really honored to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're, uh, we're delighted to have you as well. Certainly looking forward to understanding more about your strength, your relatability as it relates to all of the things that I mentioned in your bio. And there's just so much I want to cover because hacking my way back to happiness, a lot of people find themselves in a non-happy circumstance or situation. And I think particularly now we see that even more because of how the rug has been pulled from underneath so many of us, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, whether it's dealing with oneself or not being happy in a career path or or whatever the case may be. So my first question to you, if you're ready to jump off into this roller coaster ride with me today, is how did you start? with hacking your way back to happiness? Where did it begin? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think in many ways, I think I've always been hacking my way to happiness, like figuring things out. Like I've always been a learner and I'm curious. And, and But that particular phrase, hacking my way back to happiness, I think came on the heels of what I like to call, well, the cliche, the straw that broke the camel's back. So, you know, I've been through lots of changes in my life and, and um, stressors, just like, you know, your listeners have. But I found that when I went through my separation um, and divorce, that was for me, the straw that broke the camel's back, like it was very confusing, it was unexpected, I was blindsided, and it was like, you know, shocking and, and all the rest of it. And then what followed was just more um, hardship at the time. And so my quest was about how to gain my equilibrium back and, um, you know, and function in a way that was 
like Vindy, like the Vindy that I knew. And, and so I had to kind of do some hard work and, and, um, soul searching and healing. And, um, and then the more I looked around, around myself, I thought, okay, I'm not the only one grappling with this situation. And it doesn't just happen in divorce. It happens in life. It happens with, you know, job loss and other stressors and sickness and illness and all sorts of other things. So I thought, okay, I'm not the only one grappling with this. And so I was really motivated to kind of combine everything that I had learned um, and also my professional training, whether it was in law, whether it was in career coaching, coaching, and I wanted to bring it all together and find a way to share um, what I call happiness hacks. And, and um, you know, when we think of a hack, we think of like a shortcut, um, you know, that makes something more efficient and so, and, and doable. And that's what I, you know, focused on. It was to simplify happiness without being simplistic. Um, so I can, you know, I offer many happiness hacks. I explain what they are, why they matter and how to implement them. And then I put it in an easy workbook style at the end as well. And my, my goal was really to break down the overall puzzle of happiness into like smaller, easy to manage hacks. And then when they're put together, they form the whole because, and then that's the way I needed to do that for myself. And so I felt I was very systematic and that's probably my legal training. I mean, I think in flowcharts sometimes. And so I, it, it was very useful uh, when I was writing the book and researching it. And um, so it was part of, it was part of a journey and, and it, and I was really proud that I was able to share it. And, you know, I'm certainly not the expert on other people's lives, but I am the expert on mine. And, and I think with the coach training and the life experience and the parenting and the divorce experience, I was able to bring together a lot. And I interviewed lots of other people about their experiences from various backgrounds, ethnicities and, and socioeconomic status. And so I, I felt like it was a very rich experience both for me as well as for the reader and that's kind of sums up the the book journey and and so so vindy you know as you've talked about you know the life hacks you know as 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 being an individual myself that has gone through a multitude of you know ups and downs and challenges particularly as it relates to relationships you know most of my listeners know that I'm on my third marriage. I had two unsuccessful marriages before. And, you know, very much like like what you described earlier on, I had to come up with how do I get back to understanding the guy that I knew was happy? Because for me, it was, it was very, you know, uh, narcissistic. It was it was kind of a, a, a unproductive type relationship. My second marriage, my first marriage, um, was was probably by me just being too young and 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 naive and and puppy love and and whatever you want to call it, and that just wasn't going to work out over the long haul. But when we start talking about these hacks, the things that I realized for me was. I could not continue to divulge or as most people say, relic in the circumstance that I was in because I needed to get out in order for me to cleanse, in order for me to start to get rid of some of these things that were holding me back or keeping me chained down. I needed to kind of move away from the situation. And that's very, very hard to do, particularly when 
you know, you have kids or you have property or you have joint bank accounts or whatever, whatever the case may be, these things make it even more difficult, not only from the emotional trauma that you deal with, but also the physicality trauma that you have to go through and the the struggles, the suffering, um, you know, the agony, because at this point you've created an enemy. And I don't know how it was with you and in your um, your divorce, but in my divorce, in both cases, my first two wives got extremely nasty, and you know, just made things up, did things that were very inappropriate, and just caused me and my job and my career at the time just to catch a lot of a lot of hell. And you know, what would you say? in those situations? I mean, would you say that for me, I was making the right decision at that time? Or do you think there's other ways that I could have handled that situation? That's a really interesting question. I think, you know, I think there's different ways of approaching it, Gregory. And I think first and foremost, I think that all of us try to do the best we can at the time with what we know. Mm-hmm. And that's the starting point. And, and the Gregory today may, is probably very different from the Gregory back then. And, mm-hmm. you know, you were in a space at that time. And I think all of us, when we go back into our lives, we think, oh, if I was given the chance again to do that, what would I have done differently? And, you know, you want to be able to walk away with your head up, but you can't always do that. And and you do have some regrets, but then, you know, what do you learn from those regrets and how do you move it forward and how do you pay it forward? So I think that to answer your question, I think that it's it's really case by case and very individual. And there's and that's the nature of divorce and, and, and discord as well, mm-hmm. that there's so much change and there's so many multiple areas of life change to consider. And, and you alluded to that, you know, you've got got kids and you've got finances and you've got all these other things. And then, you know, you've probably got the other relationships with, you know, in-laws and the community. And then you're Mm -hmm. dealing with this intensity of emotions, um, you know, anger and numbness or shame or denial, all sorts of things. And, and it's almost like a fire hose going off Mm -hmm. all at once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you're just trying to, and that kind of sums up a lot of divorces is that it's multiple areas of life change. And then there's intensity of emotion added on top of that. And then to boot, it happens inside a legal process, which comes with its own unique language and, and intricacies and, and, and stresses and difficulties. So, so managing all of that is, is really hard. And, and it's not surprising that it's ranked as the second most stressful event out of 10 that can happen to you in your life as an adult. Uh, with the mm-hmm. first being the loss of a spouse or a child, because mm-hmm. um, it is very stressful, and, and then you're making important decisions in that place, and um, and some of it's fueled by emotion, and I think that's why you know people like myself exist, <laughs> divorce coaches, is is mm-hmm. to actually help with that process and and be that soundboard and that person who can offer you know uh, soundboarding as well as appropriate referrals because. It, it is difficult and you can't be expected to get a handle on it, you know, just like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it obviously takes a lot of time, you know, during my, uh, my second divorce, you know, my business was on, you know, the downward spiral because we were not, you know, uh, 
acquiring contracts as fast as we needed to. I had to let people go from the company. You know, my dad passed away that year. Uh, it was just one domino falling after another. And eventually, you know, I felt like a balloon by the end of 2012. That was just, just ready to pop because it was like, you know, how much more of this type of circumstance can I deal with? I mean, because it was just stacking. It was just constantly building, 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 you know, one month after the next week after week. And I just got to a point to where, at least for me, when I talked about stepping away from the situation, you know, I was always very successful in, in working on a multitude of different projects, you know, worldwide. But when an opportunity came along for me to leave, go to a different country, like you said, you know, not have to face the embarrassment of a failed marriage and things not going well and, you know, putting circumstances uh, for people that, that, that you love and people that have worked with you for so long, you know, putting them in situations where you had to basically, you know, tell them that you can no longer afford to pay them. You know, all of these things just begin to just really put me in a deep, dark, dark place, you know, in life. And uh, the best option for me was basically to step outside of my comfort zone, be in an environment where no one knew me, where I just fit, fit into society just like anybody else. I was, you know, an average guy. No one knew of my past. No one knew of who I was, where I was from or anything like that. And I just stayed true to that until I was able to nourish and heal my soul and get rid of some of the things that, you know, I knew were mentally keeping me strapped down. And so at the beginning of me finding my happiness, or should you say hacking my way back to happiness, those were some of the first steps that I had to take in order to come to the revelation that I was going to be at peace with myself and be able to regain all of the good things and leave all of the bad things behind and really not look back. What about your story? I mean, you know, what are some of the specifics as it relates to how you were able to step away at that moment in time? Yeah, well, thank you, thank you for sharing um, your story and, and and the vulnerability and and all that goes with it. And it's you know it's obvious the struggle is real. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. it's 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 very real, and I think it's real for all of us. And and we all deal with it in different ways. And and so what I did in my situation um, was be, it was a situation where I was blindsided, and then was kind of recovering and trying to figure things out. And and there was a lot of change at once. And so what I think I did is I zoned in on what it is that was the most important to me at the time and what I felt I was good at. And so I really hunkered down and focused as a parent um, on what needed to be done. And, and that gave me, I think, a sense of purpose of, mm -hmm. okay, all this other stuff is going on outside me and I'm, I'm dealing with it and I'm, I don't quite have a handle on it yet, but what I do well is this. And so I'm going to I'm going to educate myself if I need to, but I'm going to focus on that. And that kind of anchored me, I found, um, through the through the experience. And it was um, something that gave me um, a sense of um, normalcy 
about the whole situation that it, whatever else happens i can i can still do this and still work on this and 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 shield and um just deal with this other stuff on the side and so that's what i did and then in the meantime i you know started rebuilding those other pieces which is you know dealing with the legal and the financial and the and the emotional um healing part and and it was, you know, by no means pretty. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight, like, you know, when we look back, we have this nostalgia bias and, and we say, oh, yeah, so it was like this. But really, if I were to transport myself back to that time, I don't want to feel like that again. You know, right. um, no, thank you. Um, and so it, it was it was hard. And, you know, I did make mistakes. And, and um, you know, luckily, I had a really good support network around me. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that I really stress both in my work, but just as a person is, I mean, I call it kind of dub it CPR, like, you know, the, mm-hmm. so with CPR, what I use the acronym to mean is um, the C stands for context. So, mm-hmm. you know, understand the context of, of what's going on. And, and we talked about that already about the multiple mm-hmm. areas of change and, and, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't. You don't have certainty and things are up in the air. And so you, you start becoming acclimated to this is a different process and you're understanding the context is not like normal life. And mm-hmm. so once you understand that, you're better able to make decisions and just calm down and, 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 and establish priorities. And then the P stands for personal board of directors. And that's what I call your support network, the people that mm-hmm. you need, um, you know, to help you, you know, make decisions and, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make sure that you're doing the right self-care. And, and for me, I, I was very lucky. I was very fortunate. I had a great, fa- I have a great family and I had close friends who were able to direct me. Um, and I, I make this joke in my TEDx uh, about my friend um, Lucky, who, you know, I couldn't even piece together a sentence and she used to dictate to me over the phone and I'd be on the headphones and I'd be typing up an email and she'd be like, now you hit send. And so because mm. it, it was, you know, it was, it was, there was this moment where I was like paralyzed and I laugh about it now, but I, I realized, okay, that was, that was real, but I was able to get through that until I, you know, I came back and I was able to do those things for myself. And then the R stands for react with intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this one is just as important as the other two that, you know, you're, when you're just reacting to the situation without any focus, without any, any sense of what you want or need, you could be willy nilly and you could have, you can make a lot of bad decisions. And so, you know, reacting with focus and intention, um, even if it changes over time, you still, it, it still gives you a more of a, a view of uh, not why me, but um, like, okay, what's here for me or try me, which is, it, it's, that's a different um, mindset uh, to, mm-hmm. to have as you're moving through something. Because again, it gives you almost a sense of purpose, like, oh, okay, well, this is awful, but what, maybe there's something good in here. Maybe I'll look for that. Because if you don't look for it, you're not going to find it. You're just going to be bitter and angry <laughs> for a long time. Right, right. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm glad you broke it down into the, the CPR analogy because for me, the thing that I recognize is that so many people relied on me very, very heavily. I mean, it was like, you know, if, if Greg crumbles, then the whole inner circle crumbles. And, you know, for me, I, I knew this for many, many years, and it was just so much of a burden to carry for the years that I did that when things did start to crumble, it felt like everyone was against me because 
folks that I thought were able to, I could confide in folks that I thought that I was able to, to trust, you know, they turned their backs, you know, they turned their backs on me. And, you know, being on that island for as long as I was before I was able to really, like I said, pull myself back into the presence of, of, of being who I needed to be in order to be happy was, was a very difficult time. I mean, and, and the things that made it so significant is that, you know, when your family, um, begins to cast doubt, when your kids begin to believe, you know, the gibberish that's coming from your significant other, where your friends are going, well, how did you do that? Because they've only listened to one side of the story. You know, those type of things are just appalling. I mean, it's 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 craziness. And so when I set forth on the charter for me to come back into the country, you know, I had goals very much that fall in a line with your CPR kind of methodology. You know, I wanted to ensure that my kids understood who I was and who I am as being their dad. And secondly, I wanted to leave all the BS, all of the drama behind me and have people accept me for who I am. Now, of course, a lot has changed since I've been back in country and, and I'm living, you know, my fullest life, you know, as, as, as I have been for many, many years now. But you had to dissolve some of those relationships because those relationships were caught up in a very turbulent time. And the only thing they wanted to talk about was the turbulence. And my mind was not prepared, nor did I want to deal with that turbulence any longer because I had already provided an extinguished closure to that turbulence. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I find that that people want to pull you back into the past and not allow for you to live that that future aspect, particularly as we talk about hacking our way back to happiness. And so therefore, you know, one of my goals was was not to allow for that to happen. You know, you draw the line, you stand fast on that and you reinforce those standards or principles or guidance when people come to you that you've known from the past that maybe have known your significant other or ex and they want to 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 relish in in that in that part of your life and to me that part of my life produced two beautiful daughters but you know I don't want to to remember that in the aspect of all of the bad things that happened there were good times but there were more bad times than good times if you know what i mean Mhm mhm yeah i think you've touched on some really really important points that i think apply to so many people going through this kind of an an experience mm-hmm. uh you know especially the, the drama seekers you know mm-hmm. and 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 learning that that's happening because you know initially you might mistake it for support people are like oh okay you know what happened and then and 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 you keep getting dragged into a story and um it's not helpful because it it leaves you in the muck um Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. for too long and you're not productive that way and so i think you know what you did which sounds like you focused on you know knowing yourself and what you needed and then working towards building that um is 
it's such a key part of um, self-development. And, and mm -hmm. also like in, in, in the book, I talk a, a lot about, um, you know, self-awareness and self-management because those two are prerequisites for really starting to become aware of others and managing relationships better because you can only control yourself. Like you can't control other people. And so if you can get a handle on what it is that you need and, and an awareness of others, you can then manage yourself. And then, and then part of that is who do I want to surround myself with and which relationships do I want to let go of? Um, because mm -hmm. they're not serving me anymore or they're not, um, you know, contributing to my children's lives in any way. And I think that that's important because we do get caught up in this whole court of public opinion and everybody's got an opinion. And, you know, and, mm -hmm. and the only people who are on the inside are the people who are going through it. And, and so everybody else essentially has an opinion of things. And, um, and so that's why even with the board of director, the personal board of directors, I say, well, you know, you'd be picky about who you choose to include. And these are the people who are in your A circle and who you right. go to for, you know, decisions. They're not acquaintances. They're not people who are just going to take one thing and go to the other side and, and, you know, and then make it into a big drama. Um, and nobody needs that but it's it's kind of human nature too people can't help themselves and and that's why i talk about q-tip in in my book a lot and it's an acronym that stands for quit taking it personally because when we these things mm -hmm. happen we mm -hmm. think they're happening to us but really they're a function of you know the way the person is wired and maybe how they were brought up or what you know their own insecurities or even distracting from their own situations which may not be that great so that if, if they can focus on someone else's uh, you know, hardship or misery, then it takes the focus off of them having to work on their own stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think uh, one of the things that I will just add in from, from my point of view, at least from, from my experience is once I got to that point in life, it was about acceptance because there's not a whole lot you can do to go change the past, but you can do a whole hell of a lot of difference to change your future. And only if you decide to commit and accept that you're going to go on that journey in a positive light, unlike what you did in your past life, then things can always look up and much brighter than they were before. And so for me, that acceptance was, was huge because, you know, as a dad, a lot of people go, well, you know, you were always traveling. You were always on the road. You miss your kid's swim meet. You miss this. You, you miss that. But I was trying to provide, you know, a wholesome life, you know, for my kids. I regret those type of things because it were very hard to be away. But, you know, a lot of things in my relationship at that time really drove me to be on the road as much as I was and, 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 and being away from my kids because of the lifestyle. And what I realized through the acceptance of doing some true soul searching is that all of the materialistic things, all of this other, what I would consider to be nonchalant BS, doesn't matter. It doesn't make you who you are. I don't need to live like the Joneses. I don't need to have the best of the best because it doesn't really necessarily serve a purpose in my life if it's not fulfilling me, if it's not nourishing me, and it's not bringing enlightenment and enrichment to my soul. And that was a hard, hard lesson for me to get over because I lived in this vicarious lifestyle of the best backyard, the best looking house, the best this, the best that for many, many years, for many years. 
And it was suffrage. It wasn't happiness. It was suffrage that I endured for all of that time. And it took what happened in 2012 to really open up that 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 part of my brain, that part of my soul to say, you have got to reset and you've got to be able to find you and work your way back to a more wholesome human being. Yeah, that's really powerful. That's, yeah. That's super powerful. And I think you, I think you hit on, you know, you went to a conscious place. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds like, you know, and, and I think that so many of us, I mean, we're conditioned, we're, we're, we're conditioned by our cultures, by media, by our, you know, um, you know, stereotypes of what a man should be like, what a woman should be like, all those kinds of things. And, 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 and really kind of centering on who it is that you are and what your priorities are. That takes a lot of work. I mean, it, there's a reason people just kind of go along with things or go with the flow and don't question it um, mm-hmm. because it's easy to do. And we've been sort of raised to do that and it's when you start questioning that but often we don't we don't question it until something really serious happens and that's when that's when that that's when we're like whoa what am I doing and why am I doing it and do I really need to do it and um and letting go of what it should look like and and you know really grappling with those major um life issues I think that that's part of the human experience like that's what we're meant to do is we're meant to learn from these things and um they happen to us in different ways and it 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 does end up being what do you take away from it and how do you move forward in your future like what you said focusing on the future and how you want to live now as opposed to what was in the past and and that acceptance that you talked about like so you're not living in shame and guilt but mm-hmm. you you're 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 moving forward because shame and guilt are so i mean they're counterproductive and um they make us miserable, but they make the people around us miserable too, right, you know, and right. who wants to be around that person? And so I think it's, it's a win-win when you can actually do the healing work because that's not easy walking over the coals um, and, and doing that work. And sometimes a lot of people avoid it. They just get busy with other stuff and they cover it up, but it has a way of coming back and bite, biting you in the behind at some point in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when mm-hmm. you least expect it. So, you know, I'm a big advocate of of doing the work, whatever that work looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally, totally agree. So, Vindy, let's talk a little bit about what does happiness looks like for you at this moment in time, based on all of the struggles, the perseverance and things that you've gone through, you being a single mom, an author, you know, doing some wonderful, you know, life-changing things out there for others. But what does happiness look like for you? Are you able to define it now as opposed to when you were in the thick of all of your turbulence trying to define happiness? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I think I'm like, I'm like, oh wow. You're on cut to the chase. I, mean, I know. On. Clearly, I am. <laughs> uh, well, I think to answer that question, I think that where I have come out is a much more contented um, version. Of, of, of what I think happiness is. And, and by, mm-hmm. by that, I mean, you know, I don't, 
think, and I, I don't know if I believe this before either, but I, I don't think happiness is a state of being. It's really a way of being. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, states of being change. It's like what you were saying before about, you know, having the, the best backyard and this and that. You know, these things, like, I mean, say you, you, know, you move into a house and you have the best big yard uh, mm-hmm. and then your neighbor goes and builds a new house and then his, mm-hmm. his, his yard is the best one all of a sudden. So mm-hmm. then is that going to detract from your happiness and your contentment? Because it's just a state. And, and if we rely on things or, or, or even our status as, as, as professionals or, you know, what, you know, our investments or, or where we travel to, if those are things that um, can be taken away at any moment or can be compared to someone else's on Instagram. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, wow, I didn't stay in that kind of a hotel, you know, and, 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 right. and that can be right. really messed with people's minds. So I really do think that, you know, happiness is a way of being, and that really comes from connecting with yourself and with others in a genuine uh, way. And, and that's where the richness of the relationships um, forms. And that's where the contentedness develops. And, and you're, and it's like an inside job, but you're, you're, you may not have the big highs and lows, but you have this sort of a more of a steady state and you can look at things um, with more discernment and without, you know, getting too worked up. And I think that's where I am now that, you know, I have stresses just like everyone else, but the way that I see them and the way that I handle them is different. And I don't, I'm not judging of myself and of others. And I think that that's a really nice place to be because I can enjoy things even when they're not so pleasant. Like that's a weird thing to say, but something unpleasant is happening. I'm like, I'm sure I'm going to learn something from this. So, you know, and then my daughter will look at me. She's like, of course, there's a teachable moment here, right, mom? <laughs> so mm-hmm, I laugh. I'm mm-hmm. like, yes, there is. There's got to be something here. And But I, I feel much happier that way because then I'm not like um, subject to the the the, the waves um, that, you know, the setbacks are going to come. The challenges are going to come. They're going to happen to us next week or, you know, with this pandemic and the way that we've had to face this. You know they're going to come. It's just a matter of time. And so what really becomes important is how you deal with them. And if you have a strategy that's, you know, that's worked well for you, then you're probably going to do use that strategy because it served you well. And I feel that that's the place I'm in now, which is, which is really nice. Wow. Wow. That's uh, certainly quite impressive the way you uh, eloquently put that. And we, we certainly thank you for sharing that with our listeners because, you know, it's, it's invaluable when we talk about happiness or when we're talking about coming out of bad situations or a divorce and getting ourselves whole again. I mean, I, I think it's so crucial in today's society that, you know, going back to your CPR method, going back to what I said about acceptance, you know, really taking those things and understanding that you as an individual have to start with self and as you start with self, self has to have a, a sense of peace and tranquility, which is humbling oneself, you know, because there can be chaos going around you, you know, through you up and down. But at the end of the day, if you're humbled enough and you're at peace with yourself, you can deal with these things. They don't get you, like you said, all worked up and, uh, you know, pulled out of your comfort zone, because for me, 
my pathway was to get back to humbling myself and being able to think logically and think critically about decisions that I needed to make in my life, whereas before it was always go, 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 and things were kind of being done on the fly, which were always not the best course of action, you know, in some of the things that eventually happened in my life because I didn't think them through clearly enough. And I think lastly, one of the things that, you know, I've really kind of come into my own way of, as people say, soaring your oats by helping people understand that, you know, I'm willing to give back as long as individuals understanding of me that it's coming to them unconditionally. Because a lot of people have the pretenses of of of, of stating that, okay, if Greg's going to do this for me, then, you know, he's going to ask for X or Y, or how am I going to have to repay them? You know, I've realized in life through through 50 years of living on 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 this planet is that if you fail to understand that you have one shot in life to be authentic, to live out your story, to be a part of your own fulfillment and journey. Once you're in the ground, that's at no point in time to basically look back and say, I should have, would have, could have done whatever. But you have to live that life in a way that allows for you to have the character that you look at every day in the mirror, the person that you brush your teeth in front of and comb your hair, to look back at you and say that they're proud of you and you're proud of them. And so for me, that's kind of where it all begins. It starts every day with understanding who can I help? How can I give back in society? How can I contribute and help in society? How can I be humbled by doing it unconditionally from my heart and from my soul? And being able to do it my way without having others influence my decision or my thoughts being able to do it my way. Because as a lot of people know, I mean, a part of why I started this podcast is because I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to do something different, you know, to be able to add value, to leave a legacy. And, you know, it's important, you know, because when you don't feel like you have 100% investment in what you believe in, then you're never going to be happy. And so I'll pause right there, Vindy. I know you've got something you want to add to that. <laughs> oh, that was rich. That was very rich. That was very rich. I love that. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more with everything that you've said. And um, you highlighted so many important pieces there. And I think the humility and the peacefulness that you, you, you talk about um, that is grounding and that is where it starts and or whether you start there or whether you get back to there or whether you just rediscover you discover it for the first time that is where it starts the love and the peace and the humility and i would add to that probably curiosity that mm -hmm. you know we don't know everything and we don't know the struggles that others are going through or what some situation might have in store for us so to be to bring that level of curiosity 
Um, and then that last piece that you talked about service, like giving back. I mean, it, when I think about how I became a divorce coach and people are like, oh, you're a divorce coach. Like, you know, you know, how'd you stumble on that? And I'm like, I didn't start out life thinking I was going to be a divorce coach. That wasn't mm -hmm. on my radar. Um, mm -hmm. You know, um, people started coming to me after I went through my experience and I became a magnet for family and friends who were like looking for credible and um, information and advice and support. And so it was through that I realized, oh, there's a gap here. You know, mm -hmm. people need this. And so, you know, that's when I decided to go pro, you know, and I did the certification and because I thought, okay, this is, this is something that's, that it's starting to become a calling because people, um, need this kind of support and um and that's how i got on to the this this part of the journey um you know and, and even way back when i was a career coach with law students um that was on the heels of me going through the experience myself and having learned through it so much about it so you know i was self-taught and 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 then i started giving back to students what i knew at the time and you know the struggles that i had been through to make it easier for others and so i think that service component of whether you can do it in your work or in your your other parts of your life i think it's so enriching but it's enriching as much to us and i'm sure you feel the same way is it's yeah. as enriching to us as it is to others because we we get the the helpers high right you know That's especially right. when it's That's unconditional right. And mm -hmm. because, you know, you, you can appreciate and you can see the successes of others and even to be a small part of that is so gratifying. And so I think that that it just comes full circle in terms of how do you want to live your life? You want to look in the you know mirror in the morning. Or I think one of my friends puts it really nicely. She goes, you don't want to be looking in the rearview mirror all the time. Like who's coming right. at you. And so you don't want to, you know, do too many things where you're looking at the rear view mirror at any time somebody might come up to you. So to, to, to really get grounded and accept, uh, you know, yourself and, and conduct yourself day to day the way that, you know, you want to and that you want to look back on with uh, a level of satisfaction and, and pride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we certainly uh, thank you for sharing, you know, that insightful um uh, message with us there, Vindy. And, you know, I left out a couple pieces from your bio because I want you to share some of the great up and coming, exciting things that you are part of that you have recently co-authored. And then of course, you know, how do people get in contact with you for, for the fact that there may be folks that are listening to this, this episode and out of curiosity going, I need more information. I need to understand what my options are if I'm considering divorce. Or for that matter, maybe they're looking for a well-rounded, grounded life coach that has gone through the trials and tribulations that are similar to theirs, that they're looking for advice. So I will go back to question number one. Share with us what you've got coming down the pike. <laughs> mm, okay, juicy, juicy. Uh, so, yeah. So, what I did recently, and this was, I call it my uh, pandemic project. When, when, when everything was closed up, I got busy and 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 
hunkered down, I created this wonderful journal based on um, the book YOLO. And it's uh, a full color journal because every a lot of people have gotten very introspective during this time. And, and a lot of people don't read full books. And so this mm-hmm. is kind of the summary of the hacks and a further summary. And so it's got some, I've got it down point form and then some beautiful journaling pages and local photography. And so that's just recently come out and it'll be on Amazon soon. Right now it's being sold here locally and I was super excited about that. And I also co-authored two books and that was uh, pre-COVID or during COVID. One is a a collection of um, stories, inspiring stories about moms and motherhood called Passed Down from Mom. And -hmm. another one was uh, COVID related and it's uh, called... um, inspiring two stories of everyday heroes and that's Mm -hmm. from the front lines of COVID-19 and um, I share stories in there about people close to me who were uh, instrumental in in teaching me and inspiring me and um, yeah those are some of the things that I'm working on and if people want to get in touch with me the best way is to go to my website um, www.vindytija.com and, you know, whether they're interested in downloading the free guides of, you know, the quick guide for divorce or, you know, some happiness hacks that they can apply right away. Or if they want to find my books or even book a, a session with me or an online book club visit, there's a lot of different things that I can offer. So that's where I would encourage to go, uh, them to go first. Thank you for asking me that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so as we start to wrap up and wind down this uh very uplifting, therapeutic conversation. I mean, even for me, I, I felt like I was sitting in the audience listening to the gems of wisdom that you were sharing with us. I mean, it was it was quite insightful. Do you have any final remarks regarding, you know, a few tidbits of, you know, hacking your way back to happiness? You know, what what would be your top three things that you would like to share with our listeners? Oh, I want to share so much. Only talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked a little bit already about Q-tip and CPR. So those, those are definitely hacks that I would encourage people to keep in their back pocket. Um, and, uh, and what I'd really, I think, like to emphasize more than anything is that in this conversation, especially, you know, we've seen that there's there's so much overlap, you know, there's this universal human experience. um, And there's more uniting us than than what makes us different. And you know, what can help a a South Asian Canadian born woman in Vancouver, Canada named Vindy, you know, who went through a bunch of unexpected setbacks and found a way to recover and, and, and find opportunity and joy within and after that can just as easily be applied or adapted to other people's lives in small or big mm-hmm. ways. And that's how we share um, with each other. And that's what I've really tried to capture in my book. I'm certainly, you know, um, that that was my aim. And, and I've really strived to provide practical um, deep, but also really realistic hacks to happiness. Cause, cause you know, people are like, okay, it's fine to say that, but how do I do it? And that's what I always ask how, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll give you a how-to guide and it starts from the beginning and you got to be able to implement them right away. And it shouldn't be like rocket science. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I certainly appreciate this dialogue that we've had, you know, it's, it's been, um, uh, like I said, it's it's been like therapy, you know. Um, you have uh, you have such a unique way of adding in short, you know, snippets of of ways for people to think 
you know, not only logically, but critically as it relates to trying to get themselves out of, you know, a, a difficult situation. And with that, I have a quote here that I'm going to wrap up with that basically goes like this. It says, don't feel sorry for yourself if you have chosen the wrong road. Just turn around. And so to all of my listeners, to Vindy, certainly we thank everyone for being a part of this episode today. I hope there has been some gems, some nuggets, pieces of information that will allow for people to understand the importance of why hacking your way back to life, or excuse me, hacking your way back to happiness is so, so important. And so, Vindy, again, thank you very much. I look forward to maybe us doing another episode. That'd be fun. That would be fun. We should, we're just getting cracking. That was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank absolutely. you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure, pleasure to have you on board. And so, to our listeners, our followers, uh, everyone across the globe, as I always say at the end of every episode, let's find a way to unite in our society. Let's find a way to make this world a better place and let's unify ourselves in togetherness because at the end of the day, we all need someone to help us succeed. And so I'm your host, Gregory Proctor. This has been episode 143 entitled Hack My Way Back to Happiness. Thank you again, Vindy. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Cut to the Chase. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Cut to the Chase. You'll also find even more great content on our website at www.k2tcpodcast.com. Thank you and catch you on the next episode.